Hello and welcome to episode 184 of the Sprues and Brews podcast. I am your host, Matt, and I'm joined today by Jay. Hello. And Andy. Hello, hello, hello. So, unfortunately, we've got no Dave today. He's he's had the audacity to go off on holiday, leaving uh, recording duties in my hands. So, this could be the shortest podcast of all time when it <laughs> fails to record anything, and we'll just have to wait till next week's show for it to go out. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, though, uh, we are all up and running. How are we doing, gents? Have we had a good week? Um, it's been a uh, a challenging week, um, but I'll, I'll talk about that when we get to what we've been up to. Ooh, that's uh, that's very ominous, Andy. Uh, <laughs> how, how, how about you, Jay? How, how, how are you doing? It's been a COVID week for me, so uh, a lot of time spent in bed. I, I managed to pick up a paintbrush for about 25 minutes before I ran out of energy to carry on painting. I think I'm over the worst of it now, so hopefully on the way out. Not on the way well, out, that sounds a bit... Not on the way out. <laughs> <are you>? <laughs> <laughs> on the way out of COVID. You've got to at least survive for this heresy uh, Saturday. Uh, yeah, that's it. Up. Yeah, this is it. I've got to start testing negative before I go to Warhammer World. This is it. This is it. Think positive, test negative. <laughs> so, they, I mean, the odds aren't looking great. I had it last week. You've had it this week. Andy, I think you, you, you'll probably due up next. Yeah. Yeah, well, I had um, a bit of a, a rough patch sort of like middle of a week on Wednesday. Ooh, ooh. Um, so yeah, hopefully that's my sickness out of the way. Well, hopefully, hopefully you, you are fine and survive the blessings of Nurgle. And speaking of which, what have we been up to uh, this week? Andy, why not you start with you? (laughs) Um, so after the team tournament last Sunday, not Sunday, just gone the Sunday before, um, had a lovely day off on Monday where we recorded podcast and then the day after, I went to the Hobby Room's um, two-day Age of Sigmar event up in Stockport at Element Games and played three amazing games. They were great fun. played a guy called Andy with his uh, night horn using the gash, Ooh, nice. um, which has uh, inspired me to uh, try and get some stuff painted and then try and get the gash painted. Um, I then played against a guy called Liam with his Stormcast, which is really good fun. Um, he didn't use any of the traditional um, quote-unquote meta units, so he didn't have Forminators or Dragons or anything like that. He had just a, a nice all-round list, like he had some Liberators, some Secretors, you know, all all nice nice units. And then I played against a guy called Ryan, who's um, good friends with uh, Ben Bailey, the host, and he he's very well known on the 40k competitive scene. Um, and I played him with his space lizards, and he was using forty chameleon skinks. Oh, um, so yeah, my giants uh, didn't last long against that. Um, and then, unfortunately, on the Tuesday night when I was driving home, started to feel a bit queasy. And then, yeah, Wednesday, Nurgle got me. Um, so it's the first time I've ever had to drop out of an event. Um, and it really annoyed me because obviously we had so much fun at the team tournament and then I was looking forward to a midweek event that I could actually go to. Um, like on the Tuesday, I kept on thinking it was Saturday. It was really bizarre, but it was really good. Um, but yeah, unfortunately on the, the Wednesday, uh, Nurgle got me, so I, I had to drop out of that event. 
Um, <clears throat> and then the rest of the week, what have I been up to? Um, I finished painting my Chaos Knight, um, the Chaos Knight Desecrator. That's fully painted now. Um, I haven't quite decided how I'm going to do the base. So the base isn't done, but the rest of the model's all done. Um, and then I finished off the first 10 Mark III Tactical Marines. Um, so they're all done. I tried Hazard Stripes, and I've decided that I need to buy myself a Sharpie um, and try and go with that, because trying to do it with a paintbrush is a nightmare. Um, so I painted them up, and then um, I'm now jumping back onto Kragnos um, to try and get Kragnos done for the... Um, not Throne of Scores, Throne of Scores that we're going to not in Throne about two weeks' time. Yeah, wow. This is this is exciting. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, not Throne of Scores, Throne of Scores. Speaking of which, there's a Throne of Scores, Throne of Scores coming up, and the tickets go on sale in nine minutes' time. So if you if you listen along at home, <laughs> you've probably already missed out. But uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, that that's it for me. Like, like I said, I've not, thankfully, I've not been hit by the COVID bug, but I've. Uh, I don't know what it was, but it, yeah, Wednesday just took me out. So yeah, it was unfortunate, but I managed to get a lot of hobbying done um, later in the week. So yeah, I've made up for it. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing your uh, your chaos nights on the battlefield. There might be some more on that in the new later as well. Uh, how about with you, Jay? I, I, I take it the um, the Horus Heresy assembly line has ground to a halt somewhat this week. It, it, it is well and truly slowed down. So I did um, I did manage to get a little bit more done on the Templar Brethren squad. So I got one pretty much finished up to how I wanted him to look, uh, just to try out the scheme, test him with a yellow helmet. Um, and then I've, I've sort of, when I can, I've been working on the rest of the Templar squad. So all the black armor's done, the yellow's done. It's uh, working on the white now. So they've got like white combat shields and a, a few white details on them. Um then um, I've got to put the uh, metal sort of trim on them, and then then it's the weathering after that. So I'm hoping they'll be done this week. Um, I didn't. They they look a bit different than the rest of the Imperial because of these like the inverse of the Imperial Fist color scheme. So they're predominantly black, um, and um, I've really enjoyed painting them. They are very very nice models. Um, so yeah, so that's me. Um, hopefully, once these are done, I've got ten more infantry to paint. So I think I've got another ten breaches. And that's all the infantry done then. It's on to the uh, characters and vehicles. So, you know, not, I'd probably say I'm about halfway there now on the on the 3,000 points in terms of their painting schedule. Awesome. That sounds good. Are you, you going to bring some along on Saturday? Because I think they've got a few events on during the day as well. Yeah. So I, I read you can take, is it 20 tactical marines and a Land Raider equivalent, 10 Terminators, um, and try out uh, some of the rules. So, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to bring some Imperial Fists. Nice. Are we, are, we, are we all going to bring something for the painting tournament as well? I'm, I think I might bring Horus along with me. He's definitely going to be uh, making an appearance, I think. Um, yeah, I was hoping to bring the lion. I was going to try and get him finished for Dave, um, but I'm not sure I'm going to get a chance to finish him now with what with COVID having struck. We'll have to see. Um, I, I've got the three young lads and two of them are also ill, so they may take a bit of a looking after this week. So... If I get a chance, I'll be bringing the line. Otherwise, I have got a couple of heresy models I can take with me. Um, got Sanguinius painted down there, a few dreadnoughts. Awesome, cool. I'm just interested to, to see what's there, to be fair. Oh, same here. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see what is revealed. You know, we've seen little glimpses, but it's not the same as seeing it in person, is it? 
Um, and one more thing to, to, to say. So I have been working on the Temple of Brethren, and as you all know, I was a few arms short. Um, and uh, very kindly, a listener of the podcast um, posted me some arms and some extra bits and pieces as well. Some Imperial Fist um, sort of plastic logos and things I can attach to tanks and dreadnoughts and whatnot. Uh, Claude Savagely, so thank you very much for that. Um, I'm going to name a Templar Brethren Sergeant in honour of him, I think. Templar Amazing. Sergeant Claude. Well, that's really cool. Well, we need to see, we need to see, uh, we need to see him grace the battlefield and, and hopefully win you some games. That's it, yeah, definitely. Well, I've I've been I had a furious painting week. Um, obviously, I was ill the previous week, so I had quite a bit of catching up to do. But I managed to paint up all of the scenery in the Necromunda Ash Waste box, and I've got to say that is some beautiful scenery. We'll be talking about it in a bit more detail later on in the show. But it was so much fun to paint out. I also painted up the the bugs, the dust mire hellebats, I think they're called, and the Orlock quad bikes as well. So yeah, really, really fun models. Didn't didn't have enough time to paint up the uh, the Nomad Gang and the Orlock Gang. So they're next up on my uh, paint table. But yeah, really, really fun to paint up. So I think the uh, scene would be quite good for multi-system as well. Obviously, it looked cool in Necromunda and 40k, but stuff like Star Wars Legion that I think we'll talk about in a little bit as well. Um, I think it looks quite Tatooine. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. So yeah, so so we're looking forward to trying that out. Um, but yeah, we've got we've got loads on in the show. Main segment today is going to be talking about Necromunda Ash Waste in some more detail, and then we've got our top three where we want to know what you want to see revealed at Warhammer Fest, and of course all the news. So on that note, let's check out what has happened this week. So what have we got in this week's news? Well, we've got a bit of a, a bazan, bonanza of uh, stuff up for pre-order. It's, it's, it's definitely a big one this week. And I think there's a few people on the team who will want to order quite a bit of this as well. I think it's safe to say the headline item we have got up for pre-order this week, though, is the Chaos Knights Army set. So we saw this teased back at the start of the year now, wasn't it? But this is a big box containing not only a limited edition Codex Chaos Knights and data card and transfers, but you also get uh, three brand spanking new models in there. So you get a Knight Abominant, which is a new psychic knight, and uh, it looks like it actually comes with all the parts to build it as either a Desecrator or a Rampager as well. So you could build it as whichever flavor knight you want to build it as. I think I'll be building my first one as the abominant because i think it looks cool with all like vultures on top of it and it's got a tail and knights with tails is absolutely a winner for me but that's not I, like it, the, I like the concept of a of a psycho knight as well i think that's ace that is really cool i um I, i'm interested to see in what kind of powers that they have as well because that might be I, I presumably it's gonna be you know more expensive than a vanilla knight but that's that's quite an interesting thing, especially with some of the stratagems that you can get with psychic actions. Obviously, you yeah. know, knights were missing out with that, weren't they? So, yeah, definitely an interesting one. Also in the box, though, uh, you get a pair of um, of um, the, the little Diddy war dog titan so these are the equivalent of the what are they called for the imperial the armages. armages aren't they and the little like scout uh, knights um apparently you can build it is in three different ways the carnivore the stalker or the brigand 
And I, I really like the look of these with the kind of score heads that they've got. I think I'll be building an aggressive close combat one to, to maul the faces of my enemies. Um, though they have said that kit will only be available until you know until stocks run out and i imagine it will fly off the shelves pretty quickly it clocks in at 160 pounds now considering that a knight is about 100 pounds and a box of armages is 52 pounds essentially you're getting the codex and the cards for eight quid and if you get it from a third party site basically you're paying for a bit more than the knight and getting the armages and the the codex so i take it you'll be going in for one of these andy yeah, I probably will be. Um, like you, I'll probably go for the abominant. Um, something about the mask with those two massive tusks coming out of it mm. just looks super cool. And the, the um, is it like a Volkite weapon, isn't it? Sort of. Yeah, some dark inside. age technology that, there. Yeah, they they look really cool. And then when you get like the little armages, um, things as well, the little war dogs. Um, yeah. It, it, I think if you're going to do Chaos Knights, you're definitely going to want to pick up this box. Yeah, I no, obviously in the old Codex, you could use um, just the standard Imperial Knights and Chaos them up a bit. But personally, I think there's something nice about a, a bespoke Chaos kit rather than just cutting up an Imperial Knight. They just, they just look cooler, don't they? Yeah, that's what's always put me off Chaos Knights in the past. Was that it was basically just Imperial Knights with some spikes on the top. Yeah. Whereas now they they look chaotic. You know, they look like they've been to the Eye of Terror. They've been corrupted. Um, and yeah, I think it's well overdue to be honest with you. They they look fantastic. Even the little war dogs with their sort of like um, um, sort of um heads that are almost animal like. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're they're really cool. They're really nice. Something more vicious looking than their Imperial Brethren. Well, speaking of their Imperial Brethren, though, if you're a loyal defender of the Imperium, uh, Codex Imperial Knights is also up for pre-order as well on the very same day. Um, so this is quite cool. Whatever flavour of knight that you pilot, there will be a Codex for you up for pre-order. Uh, Codex Imperial Knights is £32.50. And there are data cards alongside it at £17. And interestingly, Games Workshop have also reboxed the Dominus and the Armagers into, let's face it, what they should have been when they came out, a single box that builds all variants. So yeah, the Dominus, I... bizarrely, was split between two kits, wasn't it? Um, yeah. So now it is a big box with all the parts in, and then the same with the Armagers as well. You get all the variant weapons and stuff, so... Yeah, I I quite like that. I think it definitely makes it easier for building an army, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean it's it's quite curious, isn't it? Because they, like you said, they should have done that when it came out. Which you know, all right, fine for one reason or another, they didn't. But we've just seen a load of um, range rotation stuff come out. Like there's a load of Drukari and Orcs and Necron stuff. That's all fine cast and stuff. That's all been put into range rotation with all those spaceman characters a month or two ago. And now that they're condensing effectively four kits into two, I I got to wonder why they're doing this. I mean, when you think about how many kits Games Workshop put out in a year, and those kits don't just disappear, you know, but they are there. I I got to wonder if it's something to do with shelf space in the stores, or you know, whether it's yeah. not something along those lines. 
I, th- I think you're right because really the only difference between all those kits was a single sprue with like weapons on wasn't it it's it's super odd that they didn't do that soon obviously there must have been some logic behind it but at least they're all in a single box now i do wonder like i imagine a lot of people took the volcano lance and plasma dominus over the harpoon gun and flamer one so i do wonder if that's maybe been a factor as well you know one of those variant sells a lot better than the other one so just consolidate them into the one box who knows? I don't know these things. But um, yeah, I, I think that's a good change myself. It was also cool. We also have the next part of Warzone Knackmond up for pre-order on Saturday. This is £32.50. It is entitled Rift War. And yeah, it tells the continuing story of the war in the Knackmond Rift. The, the 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 stable passage through the Sticketrix Maledictum that I try and say on every podcast because I've burnt it into <laughs> my brain over these years. Um, yeah, the, these books are pretty cool. Obviously, a big chunk of the book is like the narrative, and then they have some armies of renown. And I don't think we've we've seen kind of too much into what this covers, but they're always quite fun with some like narrative armies um to fight through so yeah looking forward to this um if you you guys haven't read any of these recent warzone books have you no no unfortunately no, they are i do enjoy them i i i think i enjoy the the aos ones more because i think there's more progression with the story but i think with the 40k ones it's it's moving but at a slower rate um i guess that's just because of the 40k has got a much more established background, hasn't it? Where AOS can maybe afford to go a bit more breakneck with law changes and stuff. So um, yeah, they're definitely well worth reading for the for the continuing storyline. It seems to me, and you've mentioned this in past reviews, Jay, a lot of the kind of like expanding narrative stuff fits within these books now rather than in codexes as well. Yeah. So, so be good well, because I mean, what 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 codexes have we got left for Warhammer Imperial Guard Chaos Space Marines? Is that it? You, there's not a lot left. Yeah, Chaos Space Marines, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Imperial Guard and Demons, I believe, are the only uh, books that haven't been released for this edition. And you know, let's let's face it, this summer's big game release is Horus Heresy. It would not surprise me if next year is 40k or the old world and with the low number of books that we've got you know we've got squats coming as well it wouldn't surprise me if that then brings us around to 40k 10th edition next summer maybe who knows yeah possibly yeah it's uh it's been a couple of years since since ninth edition and three or four years seems to be the average and i think i imagine the sweet spot that games which we're looking for once they've got heresy and old world out they can just rotate those four core systems every year then yeah so yeah, exciting times. So who knows? This time next year, we might be getting excited about the 10th edition of the game. We will see. So speaking of the Horus Heresy, though, that was take away quite nicely into what was revealed on Heresy Thursday. And that is a brand new plastic Contemptor Dreadnought. Now, I think it's safe to say that the previous Contemptor, the plastic one, wasn't the greatest, was it? It was very static. You couldn't really pose it. Um... It was it was all right, but it was not a patch on the Forge World kits, was it? No, it was a very poor imitation. Well, thankfully, they um, they have got a brand new kit that that looks like it takes a lot more influence from the um, 
from the Forge World one. It's got fully um, ball joints at the waist and chest, ball and socket joints at the hips and the ankles, and optional flat or bent toes, which is exactly how the Forge World kits come. So you can have him striding, you can have him standing there, you can have him running. With, between us, I think we've all got different looking contemptors, haven't we? And it looks like you'll be able to do the same kind of thing with this new plastic one. What's really cool as well is that it comes with a range of different weapons. There's las cannons, there's heavy flamers, combi bolters, plasma blasters, melter guns, all sorts of stuff. Now, it looks like that this kit has a fixed um, power fist for the... Um, I know, so I, 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 rewinding, but there is a range of weapons, but they're limited to which arm they can go on. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if an upgrade sprue comes out similar to the um, Necromunda stuff, where you can then swap them out further. So, yeah, that's that's definitely a good change because it was often quite expensive picking up the various weapons that you needed for the resin ones. If they're part of a stock plastic kit, even if you need to get a an extra kit to do it, I imagine some ingenious people would be able to do stuff with magnets or pins to have a fully swappable contemptor. Yeah. So yeah, really excited for this one. Is it um, compatible as well with the uh, the Forge World resin contemptor arms well, and things? Well, the, the Forge World resin contemptor arms have been discontinued, but I oh, imagine okay. the, the it wouldn't surprise me the same fittings because the resin legion specific ones still exist so presumably forge world will want the plastic weapons to fit onto it and if that's the case if you've already magnetized your contemptor then you may well be able to use those as well and um, hopefully i mean hopefully on saturday we might be able to have a look at the sprues as well and see you know what this uh, yes like. yes um and that's worth noting on this on saturday we will be taking pictures recording as much stuff as we can and we will do a full lowdown sharing our thoughts and findings on it i imagine that'll probably be a fairly chunky section of next week's show as well if i'm if i'm honest so yeah yeah is... three days worth of warhammer fest and the horace heresy uh in presence uh, you know when we're there for the horace heresy at warhammer world it is all very very exciting so yeah now what else is exciting and again this, the news in this week's show is very much me and Andy themed, I feel, um, because it looks like there's been some kind of like chaos rift and some news from December has actually spilled into the, the mortal realms. And some enterprising souls had leaked quite a few images from Chaos Battletome Slaves to Darkness Online, which I'm going to say is always a bit of a shame, especially for the guys in the studio who kind of do this kind of stuff. They like to go out with all the, the cool trailers and the nice images. It was always a bit of a shame when you get some really blurry kind of leaks of battle terms online. But unfortunately, yet yeah, a lot of Chaos Battle Tomes Slaves of Darkness did leak. So Games Workshop have shown that A, it is coming. It is in December. It's a while away, but it is coming. And they also showed off the absolutely gorgeous new Demon Prince. Now, the current plastic Demon Prince, I have never been a fan of. I own pretty much every demon model from Games Workshop. Never bought the Demon Prince because it is atrocious. Now, if Dave was on the show, he'd be arguing with me right now. <laughs> this, would be, this would be a high elf dragon situation because Dave. I was going to say, Dave likes high elf dragons, doesn't he? So it's he does, probably from the same era, to be fair. Uh, but this guy, yeah. he looks, he looks a lot bigger. He seems like he's a similar scale to Bellacore, and you know, it's. 
I don't know how old that demon kit is, but the, the, obviously this is much more modern sculpting technique compared to that. Um, I mean, you're not a, a demon fan, really, Jay. But what do you think of this guy? Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not a demon fan. No, I do like this demon prince. So I think it, I think it's a massive improvement on the current demon prince. Um, when I first sort of saw the. Um, uh, the the potato cam version of him. I thought, oh, is this Angron that we're looking at? Could this be mm. Angron? Um, and I, I I'm not sure what the scale of it is yet, how big it is, whether you could use it as a demon Am- Angron potentially. But yeah, it's really really cool. Um, it's nice to see um slaves to darkness getting some distinct sort of chaos um models as well, like not, um uh, chaos undivided is is what I mean. Sorry, not like god specific chaos models. I mean, we've speculated in the past, haven't we? That that's really the only niche open for new kits because the, the, the God-specific ones have pretty much got everything, haven't they? But seeing some, yeah, uh, some some demons in more Bellacore's ilk is uh, is cool to see. So I'm super excited to look to see this guy. Obviously, he's a long way away. Andy, I'm guessing you'll be getting four of these and dedicating one to each God, yeah? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'll stick up for Dave here. I've actually got... <laughs> one of the uh, current demon princes and i actually really like it it's um elegant in its simplicity i feel elegant. there you um, go well you've shown like, me andy like don't get me wrong but the new one i i do really like and i would definitely be picking one up but for me the but the stuff that was kind of shown off i i really like the new um is it chosen models i think mm. they are they look yeah, I, I, two boxes, please. I'll take them now. Yeah, so, Can't so you have think, to wait until December. I know. I think obviously games which want to leave some surprises, don't they? And it is a bit of a shame. There's we'll go to it here because I don't think it's really fair on the on the team. But there's a lot of stuff that we've seen that looks really really cool, and I can't wait till they show a bit more. You never know. The Warhammer Fest they might show a few better images of them. But um, yeah, winter. That's a long way away, isn't it? And you know what's really cool? Between now and then, we have got. Eight battle tomes coming before that chaos one, which is just insane. So it's near crazy. on the horizon, we've got Night Haunt and Daughters of Cain. We don't know when they're out yet, but presumably in the next couple of weeks because it's down on the schedule of spring. After that, in the summer, we've got a chaos battle tome and an order battle tome. Now this is speculation time, but there's been rumours and whispers, and hopefully by the time. Um, this episode comes out, you might have already seen what these are at uh, Warhammer Fest anyway. But um, we suspect Skaven and Sylvaneth, I think it's fair to say, between us. Yeah. Releases. I mean, one of the Warhammer Fest banners, well, two of the Warhammer Fest banners are Sylvaneth-y type banners. So yeah, I would guess the Order one is a Sylvaneth one. I mean, there's not that many Order battle tomes left. Seraphon, Sylvaneth, Lumineth and Cities, I think, are the only Order battle tomes yeah. that are left. Yeah, so 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 that's cool. <laughs> and and this segues quite nicely into the four battle tomes we've got coming out this uh, autumn. One for order, one for chaos, and two for destruction. Now, Andy, you're a big destruction player, and I suspect that both of these battle tomes might have your name on them. Yeah, un- unless it's a new army, you know, we could throw us a curveball and and throw us a new army, but. Yeah, I, I suspect it's probably um, Gloomspike Gits and Ogamore Tribes, it, at which point it's going to be an expensive summer. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Uh, and that's really exciting. The, 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 the kind of unknown quantity here, the, the Chaos Battle Tome, a, a new kind of... I, I always thought that we'd get a Legion of the First Prince book, but the fact that he's in the Slaves of Darkness book 
maybe steers away from that theory. Maybe rather than the mismatch of demons, they want to go more to, you know, demons leading mortal armies, which is cool. It looks ace on the battlefield, especially if there's new models they can do with it. So that leaves, I don't know, could we get a new um, corn battle tome with a doom breed? a new named uh, demon general who's been named in quite a few AOS books recently. I think we might see Beasts of Chaos. They obviously had a popular recent White Dwarf update and they definitely need new models adding in the range. Um, that leaves the hard one. Like Jay just said, the Order Battle Tome. What on earth is this? Is it going to be Lumineth Book 3? Is it going to be a new faction? <laughs> um, Cities of Sigmar could have a big boost if they put out a, um, a Dawnbringer Crusade book. The only problem is those kind of books, you want a large model wave with them. And we know that there's a lot of kits coming. So it's where does it fit in the schedule? Um, I mean, it might just be like you say, um, Seraphon or something, and it's just a, a book and a new blister pack or something. I'd, I'd like to see a new race or, or a big update to an old one. What is cool, though, is that obviously over the course of this year, including the two books that we've already had, that'll be 11 battle tomes for Age of Sigmar, which is crazy when you think about it. Yeah, that's, what, almost halfway there? Yeah, and <laughs> again... Again, that, that, that gels quite nicely with my theory of we're going to have these four core systems on rotation. So you have a big a big wave catching all the books up. You have some narrative supplements scattered throughout. And then, I mean, at that rate, we might get to the point where we've got two battle tomes with an addition. And that's a whole other episode discussion, isn't it? But it's certainly very, very exciting. So, yeah, hopefully we'll see a bit of that announced at Warhammer Fest. Something else that's definitely going to get announced at Warhammer Fest, we saw shown off on Warhammer Community today, and that is Codex Chaos Space Marines. They showed off the front cover, and they also teased some new units. Um, yeah, Andy, do you want to tell us a bit about Codex Chaos Space Marines and what you think these guys on the front cover might be? So looking at the front cover, you see what can only be described as a very almost 90s chaos warrior, mm. but in the 41st millennium. He's standing there with a sword and an axe, and he's surrounded by what I, to me, they look like chaos cultists. But the mm. way that they're hinted at in the article kind of implies that some of them might be characters or have certain roles within, you know, these chaos. I don't want to say legions, but chaos forces. You know, some of them might be character models. Some of them might just be um, special weapon teams or something like that. But looking at them. There's definitely a lot of character to those models. And the Chaos Cultist models, let's face it, they need a bit of an update. And it's definitely a part of the army that could be expanded. You know, we've, we we know that Chaos Space Marines are renegade Space Marines, effectively. You know, they either, you know, the veterans of the Long War or they've been sort of indoctrinated and brought into Chaos um, war bands and sort of stuff um, in, like, relatively recent times and stuff. But we've not really explored the sort of the, the regular humans that have fallen to chaos. Yeah, the the, the and... lost and the damned. I mean, we we've speculated in the past how cool it'd be to have like renegade guard or or you know the generic chaos cultists. This to me is very Warhammer, isn't it? It's very John Blanche. It's the weird. Your average person who's fallen to chaos isn't necessarily going to rock up in a uniform and a gun, are they? 
they're going to be a bit funkier. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can see, like, from um, is it the Blackstone Fortress cultists, you know, there's very there's a very imperial guard look to them, but they've they've definitely gone renegade. You know, there's spikes, there's chaos symbols, there's rags. You know, they're definitely not in uniform anymore. Um, so yeah, I I mean, I'm super excited. I'm I'm going 100% chaos. So yeah, yeah. I I, I kind of hope. I, I like you say the article implies obviously cultists of some description and characters of some description. I'd like you to be able to do an army of these guys separate to the 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 power armor stuff. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, I I think back way back in the day. Um, I can't. I think it was actually during the war games. You could have squads of cultists, but then upgrade one of them to like an aspiring champion who sort yeah. of led the led the squad. And I think that that sort of element would be really cool if you could have, like you say, mostly renegade, but have then a few chaos space marines here and there because obviously chaos space marines for the most part are not as well stocked as the imperial space marines. You know. It, it, they may only have like a hundred fighters in their warband as opposed to, you know, an entire chapter backing them. So it would make sense that they would have a lot of cultists and a lot of renegade humans and stuff as cannon fodder fighting their wars for them. I'm uh, I'm very, very excited. Presumably on Wednesday, that's not very far away, I think we'll see some of this revealed as well at Warhammer Fest. So very excited for that. And speaking of Warhammer Fest, guys... Would you like to win every single thing shown off at Warhammer Fest? Uh, yes, yes, please. <laughs> well, um, Warhammer I, I would, <laughs> I would, but it would definitely sit in my um, backlog for a while. <laughs> oh well, good news because on um, on uh, on Warhammer Community they've announced that if you are part of the newsletter, the Games Workshop newsletter, and subscribed by Warhammer Fest. You are in for a chance to win every single thing they reveal. That's that's pretty cool. Um, there'll definitely be a lot of new armies created from that, I feel. And finally... Well, yeah, especially when you see like, how many systems they're covering as well. <laughs> that, yeah, that is some prize. Yeah. It's a pretty good prize. So, yeah, so make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter because, uh, yeah, that'd be worth doing. And finally, uh, for Middle-Earth, we saw, I, I presume, the last few models that are going to be... Um, part of the new um, Defence of the North supplement. This week, it was the turn of the Men of Dale. So uh, a, a small Dale range came out when the, the Hobbit movies came out, and it looks like that in this new supplement, you'll be able to put together a kind of um, War of the Ring era Dale force, which is really cool. I think all three of us are, are, are planning on doing some kind of War of the Ring Hobbit armies themed thing using this book when it comes out and um yeah, for dale we've seen a new wind lance which is really cool obviously bard used it to uh to shoot smaug and it looks like since then they'll still be using them because they seem quite a useful thing to have to shoot you know whatever horrific things the easterlings will be leading to, to dale we've also seen some really characterful new uh character models as well so a banner bearer a horn blower and a captain and again they'll gel quite nicely with the plastic dale range from games workshop so yeah i i think i might put together a dale force jay and help defend it's... the walls of erebor against whatever monstrosities that andy brings to battle nice 
you, you can try, but you know the Eastlings are clearly the best ones. So I'd say I'd say the uh, the elves are joining, but they burnt their bridges long ago, didn't they? <laughs> well, I mean, I can't I can't really defend them. They did. Everyone saw <laughs> it on the screen. It's fine. Men and dwarves will still fight with each other. It's fine. <laughs> So yeah, so there's a load of exciting stuff in the news. Um, I imagine next week's show will be even more jam-packed with news. So uh, yeah, I think I need a, a couple of nights sleep to kind of get over the excitement of that. So we're going to take a bit of a segue now and delve into the desolate ash waste around Necromunda. So I'm very excited because I've had my hands on the new Necromunda Ash Wastes box for the last week and a bit. And yeah, if you've been living under a rock, this is the new, I guess it's a, it's more of a starter box for um, games of Necromunda if you want to set them in the Ash Wastes. So a bit of background. Necromunda is a planet with a lot of backstabbing and politics and lots of stuff going on in the background, which is really, really cool. We don't often see that from a, a gameplay mechanic, but from a from a universe mechanic, we've had lots of episodes where we've talked about all the political stuff going on in the background. A while ago, um, Gothral Helmore, one of the, the many Helmores that has taken claim to Necromunda, decided that, okay, Hive Primus, massive industrial thing how can we put a strain on on lord helmore's resources and force the planet to starve in order to get some various politics through or basically just stab family in the back which seems to be what the helmores do well there was a um a hive hive meridian which was a main producer of food on Necromunda. Necromunda is not a great place to grow crops, so really you need lots of, you know, corp starch factories and the like to produce the food for everybody. And he thought, you know what I'll do? I'm going to sabotage the plasma reactor to shut down all the power of this entire hive and basically use that as a bargaining chip in order to get my own way. <laughs> now, unfortunately, messing around with plasma reactors is not a great idea. And the resulting nuclear explosion left a two-kilometre-wide crater in the centre of Necromunda. Presumably, yeah, presumably, <laughs> Gothral um, Helmore didn't survive this incident. Um, and yeah, so it was a massive crater left in the centre of the planet in quite a, a you know strategic location because, like I say, this was a main food-producing hive and has like paths to the different hives there. Um, so his sister decided to. Um, to, to make the most of this and built up Cinderac City, named after her, which became the biggest non-hive settlement on Necromunda, built in the centre of this giant crater. And this, this crater is littered now with various parts of this hive as well. So there's quite a few resources out there to be had. Um, and yeah, so this <laughs> the city built up and it's kind of, if you think like shantytown and like an old kind of frontier Western vibe, and then it's grown up over the years and because it's on a number of main kind of trade routes throughout the wastes, um, the various houses wanted to get involved, Lord Helmore wanted to get involved, and basically, as soon as one of the main houses sends some representatives there and builds some settlements, all the others will do too, because you don't want to be missing out on a trick in Necromunda, there's money to be had here. And essentially, this this Cinderac crater, the city and the and the connecting roads is the setting for games of Necromunda Ash Waste. So we've moved out of the hives, and this represents the gang activity within this crater. 
Now, this book is kind of two parts. First part is an updated rule book that includes things like mounts and vehicles. So I'm not going to go too much into that side of things. I have got a full kind of video and write up on the kind of like rule side. I just really wanted to go over some of the background and the fun bits in here and talk about how it changes your games of Necromunda. Now, obviously, games of normal Necromunda tend to be set in Zone Mortalis environments. So you've got lots of tight corridors and and claustrophobic environments that you're fighting over. So really in a normal game of Necromunda, a long range weapon is maybe a bit of a liability. You want shotguns and close combat stuff that you can get stuck in. Um, and obviously vehicles, you can't really drive a quad bike through uh, the Zone Mortalis because you'd probably crash into something. Ash Waste takes this to the other extreme. This is the, the kind of desolate deserts of ash that surround the city, and especially in Cinderac Crater, where there was a hive once and it's all been destroyed. It's just junk everywhere now. Think Jakku from the recent Star Wars films, and you're along the right kind of line. And because of that, even the, the, the environment that you're fighting on is dangerous. Necromunda has two seasons none of which are particularly pleasant to travel in. <laughs> There's the season of flame, where the temperature is really, really hot, the sand starts burning you, molten fire erupts out of the ground, and it's generally not very comfortable. And then there's the season of ash, where there's sandstorms and sand monsters and all sorts of horrible stuff, and generally isn't very nice to travel in. So with, with, with the travel conditions being bad or really bad, you know, even even the battlefield itself, there's going to be uh, quicksand. There's going to be sand that's like glass under your feet. There could be rocky kind of bits underneath the sand that damage vehicles. And because of that, in a lot of the games, you would generate what season you're in, because that changes the planet quite a lot, and your environments that you're in as well. The, 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 the ash waste is a generic term, but you've got the near waste, which are kind of like around the settlement. So think Moss Eisley and you're not too far off in kind of what these games are going to look like. Go out into the kind of the far waste, where it's a bit more desolate, tumbleweed rolling past, scorching sun on you. Not a lot of cover. You're probably going to get shot by a sniper if you're handing out, standing out in the open. And then you've got the kind of... Um, the lawless wastes on the very outskirts where even Lord Helmore can't see and the really nasty stuff happens. So, yeah, very dark and desolate, even though we're in uh, the sun-kissed sands. You're not going to be building any sandcastles in games of Ash Waste, let's say. Um, <laughs> the, the main thing that the game adds, really, um, in the core rule book is the, the rules for these different environments. You can have a lot less scenery, but those scenery pieces are going to be important because if you've got a game where you've randomly generated that it's it's scorching heat and even the sand damages you, you're going to want to get your guys into the various like um, kind of uh, platforms and, and buildings as soon as possible and you don't want to be stuck out in the open. Equally, you could have a quite pleasant day on Necromunda and the sands are actually no issue and there's good visibility, in which case, awesome, you want to be bringing some vehicles and long-range weapons to snipe other people. And that's really what we see added here, the, the rules for using vehicles and the rules for using mounts. Um, mounts is a new thing that they've added, which is a bit of a double-edged sword. Mounts allow you to get within an inch of someone during a move and make like a, a drive-by attack. So think a, a knight on horse with a lance. You can do those kind of attacks if you're on a mount. The downside being 
if you get dismounted in a game of uh, Necromunda, there's no mechanic like Middle Earth where you know you, you get separated from your mount. Oh no, the mount itself could crush you. Because again, if we use a kind of like um, <laughs> Middle Ages kind of um, uh, you know aesthetic, getting knocked off your horse means the horse is going to fall on you, and horses are really big and heavy. So there's mechanics on you getting damaged as you fall over, and obviously it's a lot more difficult to get up on your feet as well. So again, go into that kind of mechanically in a bit more detail in the review, but I didn't think that's a nice distinction between your close corridors action of traditional games of Necromunda. One thing I will say about this book, the, the, the book itself doesn't have any gang lists in it at all. So the construction manual that comes with it, uh, as well as obviously the assembly instructions for everything in the box, you get two kind of get you by lists, one for the Orlocks and one for the Ash Waste Nomads. List only contains options for stuff that is within the box. Now I know a lot of people online have said that's a bit of a disappointment, and maybe and, and I think a lot of people expected everything to be within this book. I think to me that'd be the equivalent of expecting to buy the new Horus Heresy rule book in a couple of weeks when that comes out and expecting every Legion rules to be in there. It, it it's not. It's always gonna be in codexes and supplements. Um it's a shame that we don't get the full Ash Waste Nomads rules in here, um, because that would have been quite nice. It's also a shame that we only get the Orlock quad bikes as well. Now, presumably, we're going to get further supplements with the rules for all of these, but that is worth stating going forward. If you don't play Orlocks, there are no rules for your particular vehicles within this box. Oh, okay. So the the big the big trucks and stuff will presumably be in a House of Ash style expansion. This is very much a self-contained box with the, the rules and the campaign and the two gangs, which if you think about it, Dark Uprising was exactly the same. The Necromunda starter box was exactly the same. You got the starter lists for the stuff in the box. And then if you wanted to expand that further, you'd pick up the separate house of book for that house. Um, but I know obviously it's a £180 price tag and that has upset a lot of people that those kind of, those core profiles aren't in here. And I get that. Um, I think as a as a starter box and a bundle box, this works, but you are going to have to pick up those supplements when they come out. So obviously that might affect your purchasing decisions that if you don't collect one of the gangs in the box, for you potentially it might be better waiting out for those supplements. Um, you know, if you were a Vansar gang, for example, and you had no interest in the stuff, then you're not going to get any rules in here. But you do, however, get as a load of scenery, updated rule book, um, you know, the, 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 the gangs, and my favourite part of this book, the new campaign. So the campaign is probably the biggest part of this book outside of the rules. And this is a full self-built campaign that lets you play through um, the, 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 the Ash Waste. You, various gangs are trying to get control of roads. Roads are important on Necromunda. I think Mad Max. There's various hives and locations that are connected. And if a gang holds the road, they can pay, they can charge tolls on it. They can ambush anyone coming down the road. They're important strategic routes. So in the box, in the, in the book, you get a map and there is a separately available map that I've actually pre-ordered because I want it on my wall because it looks amazing. But you get cards for every single road on the planet. At the start of the campaign, each player will be assigned a number of roads. And then over the course of the campaign, 
you either strike out to a location and try and claim that road for yourself, or you attack one of your rival gangs and try and claim their road. Now, the roads give you some monetary bonus. So on the whole, they give you between D6 and 3D6 credits after each game, kind of to represent the tolls that you're charging on those roads. But just holding a road isn't what you're trying to do within this campaign. The kind of meta game outside the game is making trade routes. So, for example, if you could create a trade route between Cinderac City and the Ashdorm Observatory, that gives you access to bounty hunters for th free. Now, there's a quick route to do that by taking the flats, the clearway, and the five ways, which are three road locations. If you get all of them, awesome. You've connected those locations and you get a free bounty hunter. That's really ace. But what's really clever about this campaign is alternate routes to get to places. So say if Jay's playing and he's already got those three roads, I might decide, okay, I'll, I'll go the long way around and get an eight road stretch that connects those two locations, but by going through other locations, which is such a clever idea. And you can really ruin other people's plans by not making it immediately obvious which city you're going for. <coughs> like uh, so, like yeah. Connect 4. Like, yeah, exactly. Like Connect 4, but with giant guys riding bugs and lots of violence. So, and I'm yeah, assuming you can... Um... You can sort of like take roads off of each other as well. So you, you know, oh. I may have strung together like a, a five sort of chain of five sort of roads, about to connect my sixth and final one, and you end up taking out the middle or something like that. Or, or all the other players realise that you've got this really lucrative trade route, and they each attack a different section to try and absolutely ruin your trade route. So, oh, wow, that's brilliant. It will be a lot of treachery and backstabbing, and I, I think players will really enjoy playing a campaign like this because. You, you get the physical cards in the box for the individual road locations and you get physical cards to hold when you hold a whole trade route. So you've got like something tangible in your hand. And Jay's like a game of Monopoly. You've got two out of three of these locations. I'm absolutely going to do my best to make sure you don't get that third one because even if I've got no hope in hell of getting that trade route, I don't want you to get the benefit of it. it really yeah, that's plays I like that. That's uh, players have. So it's designed to be as a self-contained thing as well. And it's... Oh, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, see, I mean, I, I've never really tried Necromunda or got into Necromunda. It seems like the kind of thing that you want to play a lot of to get the most out of it. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking these sort of mechanics, these like campaign mechanics, can they be applied to other systems? Sure you could. So, so one of the problems with these kind of campaigns, you can string it out for ages, but then it dies off. So yeah. they suggest actually doing this over seven weeks. Okay. You have three. You have three weeks in the season of flame, which is the the um, the season on Necromunda where everything's hot and flamey. You will have some battles where initially you're looking to take road sections that aren't controlled by anyone. Is is the main gist of this section? You'll fight your battles. You can do. You know, you can challenge other people to battles during this and build up those resources. Obviously, challenging someone to a battle is a bit of a, a risk because you're putting your own resources at risk as well. Then there's a week of downtime. Everybody gets given some extra credits to buy some more stuff to add to their gang, as well as anything they've earned over the three weeks so far. And I say a week. You could say that's three months, and you have one game a month. You know, you can tailor that to to what time you've got available in your group, which. When you do it that way, it's not as much of a commitment because you've only got a seven yeah. 
sessions to play of Necromunda. Um, also, in that week of downtime, during games, people can get captured and dragged off to the slavers. And during that week of downtime, you could do a daring rescue and try and hit their base and bust somebody out. Or maybe have a one-off game set back in the Underhive as you try and get some resources and supplies. Um, this all kind of works quite well with a, an arbitrator, the core, basically a games master who kind of pulls all the strings. And what normally works quite well is if they've got like a neutral kind of faction. So if they go for... I don't know, Palatine Enforcers or Bounty Hunters or something like that, so they can be the law if they need to, if somebody's maybe getting a bit ahead in, into the lead. And then once you've had the week of downtime, there's then the Season of Ash, where the sandstorms hit the planet, and that's where you're encouraged to ruin each other's plans and try and take each other's road sections and try and stop your opponents from winning. And then basically at the very end of all this, uh, there's, there's achievements that you can win. So the Roadmaster, you the longest unbroken road chain you get like a victory points uh, as far as the eye can see you've got the most road sections road of corpses the player who's killed the most people <laughs> let it burn the player who's destroyed the most vehicles in a single battle and as well as the obviously you'll have a natural winner on who's got the most road section and the most cash but the overall winner of the campaign is the person who's got the, the most of these achievements which I think is a really, really fun way of doing it. Because even if you're losing, you can go, let it all burn and just try and get the kill everything achievements and ruin everybody yeah, else's like plans. We, uh, kind of like what we were doing at the team tournament, isn't it? You, you, you're not necessarily playing to win, you're playing for something else. And yeah, like and this that. is it. And in games of next one, your, your guys, I didn't say during the week of downtime, your your um, experienced juves who are kind of like your low level uh, the, the, the kind of the, the green horns that you brought in if they've gained enough experience they can level up and become characters in their own right for the second half of the campaign so you can have some really cool narrative arcs where your your new fish off the assembly lines uh, ganger who is uh, joined the gang by the midpoint has suddenly become his own character in his own right and is getting revenge on the people who were bullying him in the first half of the campaign. So I think uh, stuff like that is really, really fun. It does sound good. And I, I think having the, that sort of end um, point of the campaign as well, so it's not an indefinite keep playing, there's actually, you know, you're, you're playing seven games, it's structured. I like that. It, it sounds very interesting. Yeah. Is, I there, think... is, there, a, is there an achievement for being recruited by the Imperial Fist at the end? Unfortunately not. But the good thing with this is a toolbox. So there's lots of stuff in the other house of and book of books that you can slot into this modularly. A lot of people try and do a never-ending Necromunda campaign, which is cool, but it always loses the momentum eventually. So having this defined yeah. period, you've got limited games to, to maximise the damage that you're doing on people, which makes the games more memorable. And what's really cool is the book contains 13 scenarios as well. So you've got really more games than you'd need to run a campaign plus all the other scenarios that are in other environments like I say there's no reason why of course of this campaign two gangs you know they might have a fight in the underhive there might be a, a a city that you fight in and use the sector mechanica stuff and it's a bit more you know just because you're out in the wilderness doesn't mean that it's all just endless desert there will be some towns and settlements and stuff uh, and i mean we mentioned star wars legion earlier i can very much see a kind of like moss Eisley kind of showdown, Mandalorian <laughs> style in this kind of stuff. 
Um, one key thing with Ash Waste campaigns is that normally in games of Necromunda, you start with a thousand credits to buy your initial gang. You actually get given a extra 400 credits to spend just on vehicles and mounts. Now, obviously, at the minute, we've only got the Orlock quad and the uh, the Dustmite Hellebuck and the Vansars. I think I've got a, a, a hoverboard they can have. Uh, presumably, in the first expansion that comes out, that hopefully we'll see shown off at Warhammer Fest. Will then get the generic vehicles that any gang can can kind of hire, and that's really the only thing against this. It would have been quite nice to have those generic vehicles in this core rulebook because we could all start playing this tomorrow. Where really yeah. we've got to wait for all the gangs to have access to stuff, especially since we've seen the truck as well. We know there's a generic truck come in. Um, that's really the only kind of downside I've got to this because it is such a good book and the campaign's just genius. Um, you see a range of different mission types as well, so. Mentioned earlier that you've got the near waste, the far waste, uh, kind of the different environments. There's different scenario charts for each of them as well. And that's kind of while you're picking battles based on what your opponent so so Jay, you you've got some core road locations. I might look at the map and think, okay, well, if I take do this battle in the in the kind of like far wastes. That maybe my gang is more suited to that environment and those specific scenarios where you might want to fight your battles in the near waste because it's closer to civilization and you're better suited to cover and stuff. And again, different scenarios to fit that environment. That's something really clever that we've not even seen in 40k. If if part of your army choice would determine the kind of scenarios that you're fighting. Yeah. So really fun. Um, I'm not going to go into all the scenarios. I cover it in the video, but we see some really fun stuff. There are what I like to call Scooby-Doo missions or Rolling Road, as the game calls them, where at the start of each turn, everything on the battlefield, including terrain and models, gets moved eight inches towards the end of the board to represent the fact ah. that the camera's panning. So you need to cover at least eight inches a turn to stay in the centre of the board. So you I guys are the... in the struggle. <laughs> I remember when, when uh, we first started getting wind of um, uh, the new Necromunda expansion. I remember you saying that I hope you get this sort of game mode. So uh, you, your wish was answered then. It was, yeah. And the, and the scenarios are really fun. So one of them is there is a cargo truck running through the race at full speed with a kind of envoy around them. And the enemy gang is basically going to do a, a heist on it, ride up, take it out, take the loot and get out. So you've got the cinematic style of all the scenery moving past. Once scenery moves off the end of the board, you roll off and the player who wins gets to place it on the other end of the board to represent it, you know, like I say, Scooby-Doo yeah. style, the scenery is moving past. So because of that, yes, you want to keep kind of pace, but you don't necessarily want to put your foot down all the way. Otherwise, you know, if you're unlucky with that roll off, you might accidentally drive into something. But this interesting bit where you're kind of like, I guess jostling for control in the center while your guys are trying to get in position as best they can before they fall off. And there are rules. If something drops off the end of the board, they can try and re-enter the game later on if they're fast enough. So really, really fun. There is also the Bone Road Death Race. It's not all about, you know, gangs fighting each other in Necromunda. There is entertainment. And this is essentially a pod race on Necromunda. So you will have... <laughs> Gangs, and you could even do this with multiple players, multiple teams on vehicles. Over the course of eight turns, you're trying to win the race. And you can do that either by beating your opponents vehicularly 
or just blowing up their vehicles and being the only gang standing. And we absolutely need to do a death race, guys. <laughs> yeah, it does sound fun. So yeah, other than that, the scenery is really, really cool. I'll go into it all in the in the video. It is very, very, very modular. Uh, Warhammer World, they've actually built up a new display board showing just how versatile it is. So as well as the kind of like raised hab blocks, which are, I think a lot of people online think these are a lot smaller than they actually are. You can fit about oh, 15, 25 mil bases within one of the hab blocks. They're quite big. Um, and you can build them in such a way that you can make kind of long um, kind of buildings. You don't need the support structures under them as well. So if you just want some like tents in the desert, you can do that. Actual kind of towers, very modular, all sorts of kind of greeblings and antennae and moisture evaporators and stuff. So really, really fun to paint up, really quick to paint up as well. So I and black sprayed in silver, flood the entire scenery piece with water, then add, get a big brush, stab in some wash in random locations, get some weathering powder in random locations. Once the water evaporates, that will leave your scenery looking kind of ash stained and rusty. What you do need to be careful of there is give it a spray of varnish just to seal all that pigment in. Otherwise, all your models and your hands and everything you ever touch will be covered in weathering pigment. So just bear that in mind if you're doing that. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed this box. Um, £180 is a lot. I worked out in the video that miniatures wise, you get about £250 worth of models, plus the full hardback rule book, which is a big, big old rule book, all the cards for the campaign and the dice and stuff. So yes it's expensive but if you want everything in the box and we're going to get it separately anyway then you are getting a, about 100 pound saving um obviously if you don't collect both of the gangs or you're not interested in the scenery then it might be worth waiting for the first supplement which will probably reprint some of the the vehicle specific rules and obviously have your gang specific vehicles as well if you've never played necromunda before and looking for a self-contained two-player game where you can absolutely play through this whole campaign using those two forces in the box what's that 90 pounds each and you've got a whole surface to play over you also get a paper mat in the box as well which while oh, you'll probably want to upgrade that at some point to a like neoprene mat you know it's perfectly passable for playing games on so so yeah so hopefully you guys are up for playing some necromunda in the near future yeah it does sound good yeah I'll, I'll... necromunda's kind of been one of those that i think once i get into it there, there'll be no stopping me it's kind of like going down that rabbit hole you're not coming back <laughs> it is and i think the way the way they've written this campaign with it being over over seven weeks or seven months or however you, whatever time period you want to do it on it's only seven games essentially is a nice way of introducing someone to it without saying right we're playing this for the next year and you need to play every week which isn't going to work is it for a lot of people no i mean that's kind of a nice thing it's taking it in bite-sized chunks like you said if you're playing necromunda every week for the next 52 weeks you know the next year yeah you're gonna get bored of it but with a campaign you, it's kind of like a story you want that start you want that middle and you want that end you don't want the start then the middle then the middle then the middle then the middle you know so i i like the fact that they've staggered that campaign for you know roughly seven weeks you know realistically you're probably looking at what 10 weeks Realistic yeah, I'd, I'd, if I was going to run it, I'd have each season 
of, of three sessions, maybe over a month, maybe over two weeks. In a two-week period, a group of people can probably get in a game each against each other, can't they? If it was a bigger group, maybe give yourself a month for each session. You know, you could easily have a, a gaming club and once a month between you, you can at least get a game in, can't you? So I think that I think that works quite well. Um, obviously, it's down to your gaming group to work out what works for you. Some obviously back in the day, I'm sure we'd have managed to get a game in every week, but unfortunately, you know, real life and jobs and stuff get in the way of that. So I would certainly give yourself enough time to play a game, and even if it's a, a game a month, that's it's only it's nice bite-sized chunks, and you'd have to commit a massive amount of your time to it then. A look at Necromunda Ash Waste. I'm really excited to kind of share this with you guys and do some games. What we will be doing when we start our campaign is filming some battle reports as well. We've done a lot of streaming in the past, but I really feel specialist games like this suit the more cinematic style of a filmed battle report. So we will absolutely be doing that as soon as we've got all the models painted up. So we've got loads more in the show though. So coming up next, we have got our top three things we would like to see revealed. At Warhammer Fest. So this week on the top three, we want to know what three things you want to see revealed at Warhammer Fest. There's a lot of cool stuff coming up, and I, th I imagine we'll all have very different lists here. So, um, Andy, should we start with you today? What what would you love to see revealed at Warhammer Fest? Um, so my third choice has got to be. And I've left this very open, but more plastic heresy. Ooh. So we've obviously seen the um, new, what we can only assume is the launch box with all the Mark VI tactical marines, the two Praetors, the Contemptor, the Terminators and the Spartan and stuff. And while that's all really good, I'd love to see like plastic rhinos, um, yeah. some more plastic tanks and, and stuff like that, because... I'm I'm trying to work out in my head what I want to do with my Iron Warriors. And at the minute, it's just kind of as many Mark III tactical marines as I can paint up. I think you just, uh, you just pack up and go home, don't you? No, Isn't no, that what, that's, that's the end game for the Iron Warriors. That, that, that's the Imperial Fist, Jay. You're getting confused. You're getting confused. Have a grump, have a grump, <laughs> pack up and go home. Yeah, well, there's only one uh, one of those legions uh, spent a lot of time on terror. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I love original Mark Rhino chassis, uh, even and the Land Raider as well, arguably. And I've got I've got resin um, Mark One Predators and the Proteus uh, Land Raider. So I'm absolutely with you there. It's I think for me, Heresy is all about the nostalgia hit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've grown up with all these um, Space Marine armies and stuff like that. And yeah, going back to sort of, quote unquote, where it all began with the Heresy era stuff, um, I think would be really cool. And like I said, it would give me a good idea of where I want to take the Iron Warriors for when, when this new edition of the Heresy launches. Um, so that's my third choice is literally just any plastic Heresy. Um my second choice is the is the at the very minimum the order and chaos battle tome that's coming after Daughters and Nighthorn at the very minimum, but I think it'd be super cool if we saw um, some artwork on the front covers of 
some of the later battle tomes as well. Um, but yeah, I've put it, put it down as the the summer battle tomes, so the the ones after Daughters and and Nighthorn, just so we've got confirmation because at this stage I think it's been uh, teasing Dave um, for so long about his Skaven that he, <laughs> we we just need to know. <laughs> it is. D- 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 Dave won't be able to sleep until he's got confirmation of Skaven around the way, really. No, I mean, even me, I'm like I. I did a Skaven army back in 8th edition fantasy and, and loved them. And I've not touched any Skaven models since Age Sigmar's come out. So I think just seeing what they could do with them, you know, seeing some actual Age of Sigmar Skaven, you know, are they kind of like fantasy models updated or are they reimagined Skaven or, you know, some other stuff. And then obviously, you know, if it's Sylvan F, great, wicked, awesome, it's trees, but... Um, yeah, for me, I would, I'd love to see a Skaven um, battle tone, but just knowing which ones are are coming out in the next couple of months would be would be great. And um, I mean, I my first on a, on a side point to that, Andy. Now, obviously, games which we had the hand forced here, didn't they, with the Slaves of Darkness? And I don't think they intended to show off the full release schedule for the year. You like to see, even if it's just the names and no details, that far out what we're getting in the future. Yeah, it'd be super cool. I mean, uh, like we said, it's a shame that they've, you know, the Slaves of Darkness Battle Term has been leaked, and it's a shame that we know it's coming in in December and stuff. But if you play Slaves to Darkness or you're looking at collecting them, at least you know you've got them sort of like the next eight months to, you know, buy Chaos Warriors, buy Marauders, buy some of the um, cultist units and stuff like that, so that when the new book does drop in, uh December you're ready stuff. yeah you're ready yeah mm-hmm. and like I'm looking at my Ogre Moor tribes I, I'd love to add some more um Ingots and I'd love to add tons of lead belches to the army which is kind of like the only thing that's missing and if I know they're coming out in the summer then at least I've got like a month or two now to to try and you know buy those models and, and get those units painted at the very least buy them before potentially they get repackaged um so you know i i like i said I'd, I'd love to see what the next two battle tomes are at the very least but yeah maybe seeing one or two more would would be cool as well um and then my first choice they've kind of hinted at it today on uh warhammer community but yeah show me some chaos space reins <laughs> literally any chaos space reins you know i mean we've seen chosen We've seen the Legionnaires for Kill Team and stuff. Um, we've seen the Warpsmith, and they are all amazing models. But we're definitely missing like Chaos Bikers. We're missing Possessed. They've really hinted at the sort of like Renegade um, Imperial Guard. You know, Lost and the Damned, like you said, element to the army. And yeah, I I just really I'd love to see them. I mean, uh, this year for me for for 40k is definitely very chaos heavy and i feel like i need that snowball to start getting some momentum um you know i've painted a chaos night now and i feel like you know if we see a um a chaos release you know the you know the big release that we know is coming then yeah i think um yeah my wallet might be hurting so <laughs> yeah, I know I know how you feel. No, that's really cool. Um Jay, do you want to take us through your top three? Yeah, of course. So my top three 
it, it's 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 gone up and down this week actually, and I have to say, I, I, I fell out of love with Age of Tomorrow. I really had a great time at the tournament we had the other day at Warhammer World, really enjoyed playing those five games of Age of Sigmar, really enjoyed the practice game we had the week before. So I am actually very excited to see all of the Age of Sigmar reveals we get over uh, Warhammer Fest. Uh, and in particular, the uh, I'm more excited about this than I thought I would be. The two Sylvaneth banners that we saw, I'm really interested to see potentially what's going to be there for the Sylvaneth. Is it going to be Kernoffy? Is it going to be Sylvaneth? Is it going to be for the Age of Sigmar core system? Are we seeing a Sylvaneth Warcry or Sylvaneth Underworld? What is it? Sylvaneth must be there. There's two banners there. So I'm really excited to see that. I'd love to see some new infantry models or troop units for the Sylvaneth. Don't get me wrong. I love the Dryads, but... They don't have a lot of character to them, I don't think, the Plastic Dryads. The Tree yeah. Revenants, I think, are fantastic, and I would love to see some more Tree Revenant-based infantry, whether that's archers, a mounted unit, um, another Tree Revenant character, something like that. I really hope we're getting some new kits for the Sylvaneth. Um, yeah, I mean, I this this I don't collect Sylvaneth, but I am an old-school Wood Elf player, so there's a bit of affinity to them. And, yeah, I, I would very much like to... My ideal situation would be, you Sylvaneth book with a whole Kernothi range that you can either play as a sub-faction, like with the um, Cruel Boys for the Oryx, or you can have a yeah. blended Sylvaneth and, and Kernothi, I think would be the ideal. And you know what? I think we might see that as well. It'll be cool. It'll be cool. Um, so that's my number three choice. And like I say, I'm more excited about... I'm, it's probably the Age of Sigmar releases that I'm more excited to to, to see this uh, enjoying Warhammer Fest than anything else, which is which is a strange position to be in, I think for me, considering how I felt about Age of Sigmar over the last six to twelve months. Um, my second um, uh, choice is is back into Warhammer Forty K, and it's uh, League of Votan related. So. There are two Votan banners on the Warhammer Fest sort of poster. Uh, I'm not sure how much we're going to see. I mean, you've said this a lot, Matt, in the past, that Games Workshop only like to tease things that are coming far out in the future because they don't want to put you off buying the stuff that's coming out now. And I don't know whether Leagues of Votan are coming out in the next three months. Um, and I, I wonder whether we'll see instead more like a Sisters of Battle kind of sort of tease for them. So maybe we'll see one unit or a character or something this, this weekend uh, or next week. I'm really hoping we see some uh, Votan heavy infantry, some Terminator type unit. Uh, that's that's high on my list of uh, things I'd like to see for the for the Votan this early on. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Did they, have they have they confirmed or announced the release date for the of Votan? Is it this year or? Well, well, see, see, I'd I'd normally agree with you with they don't they don't like to show off stuff too far in the future, and I actually think we are going to get. Votan within three months of first of April for the for the fact that they've shown stat lines. They don't normally okay, show yeah. stuff like that unless it's it's fairly close. Now you know you mentioned the two banners and with Sylvanith, could it be a, a a war cry team and a and a battle tome? And I wonder if we'll get a similar situation with the leagues of Otan where we get a kill team release and an army release and presumably i think you said this last week presumably when i see a launch box ahead of a main launch for them but at least then you know you've got the codex and you can see what cool kits to come in yeah okay so yeah so who knows i mean only a few more days to wait and it will be really really cool to see i mean it, it, a new army for Warhammer 40,000 it's an exciting time i mean what was the last brand new faction we had i mean i know we've had the depth of mechanicus we've had gene steel colts we've had 
Harlequins, but really it, it was the Tau, wasn't it? As the yeah, last so, so, so the, the three that you just mentioned did exist in second edition, and arguably the League of Votan did exist in second edition with the squats, didn't they? But um, yeah, I guess, I guess, I, I think, yeah. I guess Gene Sealer Colts then is the most recent brand new faction, isn't it? If we're talking, yeah. I mean, that, was, that, that argument, was the end of eighth, was it, or seventh? It was, and there's an argument to be had for the Death Guard as well because they essentially got spun out from a single unit into an entire army, didn't they? Yeah, but yeah, this is this feels new, new law, new background, new. a new faction that's been fighting in the galaxy, and they've got their own sort of interests and agendas and things distinct from the Imperium, distinct from all the other Xenos races. It's exciting, really, really exciting. Uh, and so far what we've we've seen of them so far and what we've teased so far has been really, really exciting. So that's my number two choice. Uh, my number one choice then, uh, I mean, this is the main event really for Warhammer Fest. I think it's the Horus Heresy. Uh, there's a whole day uh, with, you know, but people have been, uh, you can get tickets in, in fact, the open day on the Saturdays at the 7th mm. Horus Heresy Day, where you're going to be able to play the new game, see some new models. Um, Paint really, models. really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, really, really excited for that. And it mine's very similar to, to Andy's. I'd like to see um, the roadmap for the Horus Heresy. So the new edition launches. You know, when are we going to be getting the Legion supplements or, or Legion rules? Um, you know, what's the sort of release sort of um, schedule for that kind of thing to get to get all of the old stuff in up to date with the new current version of the, of the edition and then past that what is their plan for Horus Heresy are they going to release in you know is it just going to be the rule book the legions the, the custodians the admech and whatnot and that's it or are there going to be um, like almost like campaign supplements or event supplements you know they, they could almost do like a Saturnine booklet with the, with the different phases of the Saturnine gambit um, you know the, the Siege of Terror itself and, and a Battle at the Eternity Gate, things like that. I'd really like you know to see... what? Like, like the Psychic Awakening series, which was nine books, you could do a Siege of Terror series over two years where every couple of months a new Siege of Terror supplement comes out. Yeah, and, and this, I mean, this is what I, I'm scratching my head about the Horror Society because you release the rule book, which, which has the main sort of Space Marine armies in it, the Legion of Stardust armies in it. And okay, you've got your you've got your eighteen sort of legion specific rules that they add over. I, I'm guessing over the the twelve months or whatnot, whatnot after. I can't imagine every legion is going to get all of its stuff straight away because they obviously need people to come back and buy more. But then once that's done, it's a fairly static game, unlike Warhammer 40k, where the, the, you know you're getting different codexes coming out, new armies coming out. That's not the case really with the Horus Heresy because it's really just one or two or three armies really: Space Marines, Adeptus Mechanicus, and you know Solo Auxiliary Demons and Custodians, I guess. Um, and it's just how are they going to keep it fresh? How are they going to get people coming back to buy more stuff? Because once you've built your three thousand points worth of Imperial Fist army, yeah, I'm not really going to add anything else to the Imperial Fist at all. You know, unless they get some new sculpts, which I, I don't know whether they will or not. Um, but they need they need something something to keep people coming back, and I think yeah, I think like a little sort of campaign releases like that would be really really cool. I mean that's that's the appeal of the Horus Heresy to me. It, it, I've read all the Black Library books, and it's so much fun to listen to and read those books. To be able to play those battles on the tabletop straight from the Black Library books, that's something that you don't get in any of the gaming systems really. I mean I know you get narrative battle plans in some of the. Um, um, Age of Sigma books and in the 40k um, Crusade supplements and things like that you, that there are you know narrative battle plans and um, missions to play and stuff but those 
those Horace Heresy Black Library, they've got so much material to draw on, and I don't know, it, it to me it feels much more exciting to be playing games from those stories I've read than uh, than anything else. So yeah, I, I I think you're right. I think we'll see we'll see the big box come out. We'll see potentially starter boxes as an easy entry point, and then maybe some generic Legion lists. And then if you bring out narrative supplements periodically. There's a lot of kits I need changing from resin to plastic, and they're not all going to happen overnight. I think a lot of them will. I think we'll get a surprisingly big range of stuff. But you've got stuff like assault marines and and um, legion devastator squads and stuff like that, which you could release alongside a narrative supplement. And 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 rather than release a you know Eldar codex with Eldar kits, you release a I don't know um, Istvan book with kits yeah. that relate to that that can be used by anyone. And there you can start gradually introducing your Solar Auxiliary, your Dark Mechanicum, your Demons of the Ruined Storm. You could even, and we mentioned this last week, stuff like Megarachnids and stuff, have a, a supplement set over that book and have some plastic kits that are there for narrative value. You might not build an entire army with, but like with Lord of the Rings, you pick them up to play through some scenarios with. Yeah, I mean, look at that, um, the the spindle drones and things that they released from Blackstone Fortress. No army mm. for them, you know, but they released three different versions of the spindle drone. You could easily do that at the Mega Rackness, couldn't you? Yeah. That would be nice to see. Get some revenge yeah, on the Mega It's very Rachnids. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... Uh... I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they show. I don't think we'll see too far into the future. I think the focus is going to be that that new launch box, yeah. isn't it? But hopefully we see a few glimpses of what's coming out alongside it. At the minimum, I'd expect a Astartes generic army list book and then a Legion book with kind of get-you-by lists, even if they get expanded down the lines to the equivalent of a codex. Who knows? Yeah. Awesome. Well, my my top three... Is very vehicle based. I've just realised looking at this list. In fact, it's all vehicles. But hey, <laughs> maybe it'll be a very vehicular uh, Warhammer first. So in third choice, I felt sorry for Dave because he's not on the show this week, and I thought I'd like to see for Skaven more weird technology and vehicles and stuff. We 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 hear about you know Skaven doomsday rockets and and weapons of mass destruction and weird constructions, but at the minute. We don't really see that on the battlefield because it is very much a Warhammer fantasy army, isn't it? There's been, what, one new kit plus the endless spells for Skaven? Yeah. So yeah, not a lot. No, So, and I think it, if they get a new book with some miniature releases, this is a great opportunity to add some really wacky stuff. Skaven tanks, Skaven airships, something like the termite drills. A load of Skaven pour out of just weird and wacky vehicles and death machines and and just something different. They can they can keep the the the, the Ratman aesthetic, but I think there's so much more they could do with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think in the in the narrative, there's uh, Skaven that use submarines to attack the Eidenf. Yeah, exactly. Like, that would be amazing. Yeah, and you you could see them having vehicles and transports and dreadnoughts and the like or warpstone powered um and you have like a couple of them backed up with hordes of cannon fodder rats i think it'd be a good like visual for the army more so than it is gives it more of a cohesive aos vibe so hopefully we see some cool stuff like that (coughs) 
So second on my choice, second on my list is more vehicles. And this has to be for me, the Book of Ash. That's, that's what I'm guessing it's gonna be called. It could be called Book of the Waste, something like that. But basically the, the first Ash Waste supplement that has the Ash Waste Nomad list in there, plus all the generic vehicles and hangers on and bounty hunters and all the cool stuff that's in the, the, the house of and book of books. Uh, traditionally, a big chunk of those books is new lore as well, where we explore some stuff that we, we haven't seen before, like the whole mysterious black alien intelligence at the centre of the planet and cool stuff like that that we've never seen before. Um, we, we learn a little bit about the Ash Waste Nomads in the Ash Waste book, but it's very much a mystery. So presumably a, a, a House of Ash kind of book would give us a bit more information about them from their point of view. And presumably we'll get uh, dirt bikes and the trucks. And I'd like to see things like Ridge Runners and Goliaths uh, be available as generic vehicles for all the gangs as well, because they, I mean, by, by Gene Steeler law, they're the vehicles that are generally on any planet to do all of like maintenance work and stuff. So it would make sense that they would be on on the planet. Now in the uh, Ash Waste book, there's a tantalising tease, and I forget what they're called. And I've just put the book out of out of arm's reach. Um, there, there's a mining guild on Necromunda that is detailed in, in, in quite some detail. It is made up of a large proportion of squats and they have crawlers that travel the wastes and can be hired by different gangs. And immediately, uh, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, you know, squats in a Jawa sand crawler and that's, that's my wallet emptied immediately. Um, <laughs> and, and just, the wording of that just screams out something that could actually be a miniature at some point. You know, if, uh, having some generic vehicles that all the gangs can hire until their own vehicles comes out solves the, the, the one criticism I've got of the Ash Waste book as well. So hopefully we see some cool generic vehicles. And if they're piloted by squats, even better. Which brings us nicely to my number one choice, and that is some Leagues of Otan vehicles. Now, squats... Obviously, back in the day, they had trikes in Epic. They had like termite drills and big, super heavy vehicles and land trains and stuff. I really hope we see some vehicles shown off for the squats. I'm just going to call them squats. It's easier. At uh, Warhammer Fest. You know, we've, we've only seen the one kit, haven't we? The generic kind of um, hearthkin, are they called? I want to say. Yeah. The generic just kind of warrior. Inventory. Um, you already mentioned Terminator equivalent. They used to have exosuits, so I think that's a given. I think we can maybe see some in the back of some artwork that they showed up recently. Yeah. As well as a new like commander model, but um, vehicles, robots, some cool stuff like that. I would love to see shown off. Like you say, I'm I'm not sure when this is coming out, and if it is like end of the year, we're not going to see loads. But it'd be good to see a few teasers at least, especially if it's. If it's kind of a, a precursor release, like with the Sister Battle, uh, you get the book and, and some models, and you've got to have that long, patient wait for two or three months until the rest of the range comes out. I don't think that's the end of the world either. I think a lot of people would quite enjoy that because it lets you start building some lists and work out what you want to buy as well. So, yeah, that was our, our top threes. But we also asked the community what your top threes were. So we'll be right back with that. 
So we asked you, the community, what you would like to see revealed at Warhammer Fest, and you did not disappoint. Jay, what have we got over on Facebook? Yeah, so we've had a few good comments on uh, on the Facebook page. Um, Sean Gleason says his number three choice is Necromunda Vehicles, second choice Sylvaneth, and the first choice is League of Votan. I have a feeling League of Votan might be a popular choice uh, in this uh, top three. Cal mm. uh, Mill. Uh, his third choice was some more leagues of Votan or Angron. A bit of a difference between those two. <laughs> uh, Malarian Elves or Knoffy for Age Sigma. And his first choice is um, all the chaos, basically. He, um, he's hoping to see a 40k build for the leaked Demon Prince, which is interesting because the Demon Prince was multi system, wasn't it, originally? It was, yeah. It had optional parts uh, for um, 40k. Uh, but then he does say Age Sigma, 40k, Horus Heresy. It doesn't matter as long as it's chaos. Uh, bonus would be uh, Bellacor in the Horus Heresy. I, I'm not sure, sure if I remember yeah. about Bellacor in the Horus Heresy. He must have been uh, about... He must have been around, mustn't he? Yeah. Uh, uh, David Paul Anson, his number three choice is Battle Tome uh, Beasts of Chaos, which includes some new models. I think that would be very popular on the Spruce and Bruise uh, group as well. He would. <laughs> yeah. Um... And he also says, given the recent re- uh, leaks and reveals, um, he wants to see more about uh, Battle Tomes, Slaves to Darkness, uh, and how he can build a mixed Chaos Force. Uh, he's got over 6,000 points of Chaos, so I- I'm assuming Demons, Mortals, uh, the different um, uh, uh, God-aligned um, units yeah. and things like that in a, in a single army. Uh, and number one, Codex Astra Militarum, um, mm. which, yeah, that's one of the outstanding 40k codexes, isn't it, really, the Imperial Guard? That's what you're looking forward to. You you bought, picked up some uh, Imperial Guard. Yeah, code, I've you? got them down here ready. Yeah, so I, I I am looking forward to the Imperial Guard Codex just to start a little army, but they're very much on the back burner for me. Um, that I would say they're an army probably that needs a bit of a range refresh as well in terms of its infantry and things like that. Especially when we have the Death Core models and all the special edition catachins. <laughs> it's such a shame that the actual yeah. base army has got the really old stuff. Um, <laughs> Liam Neal. Um, a new faction for Age of Sigmar, maybe Dark Elves or Tyrion's Lumineth. I'd love to see both of those, to be fair. Um, Horus Heresy starter boxes, like they have in 40k and AOS. Um, and yeah, I, I, primer... I think, given. I think, um, I think starter boxes of Heresy, because it's so much easier to get new people into the game as well. Yeah, especially for a, the, like a relaunch of a game system like this, it'd be a good time to do it. His number one choice is any Primarch for the Warhammer 40k game system. I thought he meant Horror Heresy at first. I thought, well, all the Primarchs are out, but no, for 40k. So I'm assuming it's something like Angron or Fulgrim or maybe another loyalist like um, Lehman Russ or the Lion or something, perhaps. Um, James McLean wants to see more um, Slaves to Darkness models. So um, there's a lot of blurry images of uh, different models that we've seen from the leaked um, Battle Tome this week. And Games Workshop, I think, have posted up that just the um, Demon Prince so far. Um, so, yeah, that'll be cool to see some more models from the Slaves to Darkness Battle Tome. Um, and then any more news about upcoming codices and Battle Tomes? Well, we mentioned this earlier on in the podcast. We know they've sort of given us a little bit of a roadmap for Age of Sigmar, but they haven't filled in the blanks, have they? So it'd be nice to yeah. see exactly what books are coming this year. Uh, and more heresy models in plastics, so just like you there, Andy. Uh, and finally, Sean McCallum. Um Oh, yeah, th- this is a good one. So, uh, given how we've seen how to look on Warhammer TV, Exodites would be great. Oh, yes. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, a friend for Robuti Gulliman to help fight Angron, preferably someone who's been napping for about 10,000 years, brackets, the lion. 
And then uh, one for one for you, Andy. I think uh, new world eaters, including Angron. Oh yes, that would be good. That would be that would make my day if it was world eaters. <laughs> well, over on Twitter, Fabius Fulgrim says Fabius Bile for thirty k. Yeah, we haven't seen a thirty k yeah Bile. Oh, yeah, and he's such a key character as well. You know who we haven't seen as well, Lucius. Yeah, and he needs a new model for sure. He does so. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, number two, Battlefleet Gothic. Oh yes. Oh yes. And number one, Angron for forty k. Anonymous Rex says a squats versus Tyranid kill team box. I can really see squats diving into a Tyranid invested spaceship looking for old tech. I think that's a good shout for a kill team box myself. Um, new Warcry models, Skaven or Chaos Dwarves fighting over a mine. Again, sounds really cool. And terrain for Siege games of AOS. I've said for a long time we need a new my thought for Age of Sigmar. A summer mine, Demon Primarch. Yes, any of them. A League of Votan Kill Team, or J, the Lumineth Water Temple with a hip. Oh, oh the River Hippos, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Oh, what was that? Which it was a. We well, did read about them. It wasn't in the latest it was in the Battle Realm book, I believe, a long time ago. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that would be cool. Sadly, I mean, I, I don't think we're going to get any Lumineth this year, but I mean, it would be nice to see them. You never know. Well, Heretic 30K nope. says plastic Sakara and tanks for heresy. Yeah, I think we're going to see them, to be fair. Harry Sherwin, a new AOS faction, preferably something linked with the Order of Azir or Malaria. Now, both of those are actually contenders for the Mystery Order book in the autumn as well. Mm. So, yeah. uh, Harry would like to see the two summer AOS battle tomes and a new campaign series along the lines of Broken Realms to keep the narrative onwards. Well, actually, Thondia is the first volume in that narrative series. Um, if you haven't listened to it, a couple of weeks back, we did talk about it. It's possibly the episode that went missing to the warp, so you might have to go looking for it on your uh, podcast provider. But uh, yeah, I think the intent is that we visit different realms and learn the ongoing story. Uh, Venerable Gamer says, I'm going for Bretonians in any format. I would love to see 40k Bretonians as well. Uh, new epic 40k game system, absolutely. And the Cursed City expansion set. He also says, love the show, highlight of the week. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Cantor Blue would love to see new Chaos Cultists for Chaos Space Marines. A hint of a new human order for AOS and anything Chaos related. Bully Zimian says, realistically, confirmation of the Summer Battle Tomes, Skaven versus Sylvaneth um, models and a battle box, but unlikely but cool. They'd like to see new Daughters of Cain with Harkuron stuff in it, Doomspike Gits, and the next season of War being based in Orgu. I think that's a likely one, Orgu being the next season of War location. Yeah. Uh, Leaky Cheese, <laughs> no surprises what uh, he wants to see. Number one, the new heresy tank, the Kratos. We saw it in the trailer. We've heard it talked about. We haven't seen some proper images of it yet. More heresy and rules for using B-keys in 40k. Now, I've said this for a while. It'd be cool if different armor types had a different game effect. We'd see that in Heresy with the Terminator armor. It'd be good to see different power armor suits have different rules as well, mm. especially in something yeah. where it's essentially Space Marines versus Space Marines. You've got a bit more granularity then, haven't you? Yeah. You, know, you, you maybe you sacrifice weapon skill for ballistic skill or speed, or there's lots of cool stuff they can do. Uh, Project Pierce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Project Pierce says, uh, I can dream, but I'd love to see a proper Wood Elf army 
with Orion, that would 100% get me into AOS. Oh, man, if we see Orion revealed at Warhammer Fest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, More news about Horus Heresy and what's going to be released outside of the big box. And I want more info about the Warhammer Cinematic Universe. Yeah, unfortunately, that was an April Fool's joke that we came up with about five minutes before it was due to go live. So (laughs) hold your breath on that one. Uh, Pete Allison wants to see dirt bikes for Necromunda. Some sneaky Orlocks riding bikes on that board. Uh, Mark two armored plastic marines and chaos dwarfs for either AOS or Blood Bowl. Josh says, roadmap for heresy. Should we expect to see old kits redone in plastic or are they adding more kits to the range going forward? An update on the old world. It's a couple of years since the announcement, but I'm dreaming of those Kislev kits. In Warcry, it's been a while since the last release, but it's one of his favourite systems. He'd love to see more warbands and more campaigns. Yeah, absolutely. There is a Warcry reveal, so presumably we'll see the next big box for that. Malin says a completely new Chaos Faction for AOS. Awesome Warcry models and more Ash Waste vehicles. JP Riley wants to see Horus Heresy starter sets like in AOS and 40k. Kill Team Box, Catagens versus Lictors. Yes, I would buy that. <laughs> And the release cool. roadmap for the last few codexes. What have we got left? Guard, demons, chaos, squats, world eaters. I think you're right. And I feel world eaters would be a better contender for 10th edition box because they'll get a bigger range then. All the plastics in the starter box plus the yeah. visual release. Well, they did they did Death Guard versus Ultramarines, didn't they? In the uh, was it 8th edition? Yeah. Um, so, World Eaters versus Ultramarines for 10th edition would be ace. Or World Eaters versus Dark Angels and bring the line back for 10th. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're going off track here. We're going off track here, but this is all exciting <laughs> stuff. Wild West Wargaming says uh, Squat Strikes and Imperial Guard Codex. Am I glorious Primark Fulgrim in his form blessed by the true gods of the warp? I would like to see some more alternate Primark sculpts for Heresy now that we've got all the Primarchs out as well. Uh, Adrian Hurst, more detailed AOS roadmaps, dates for the spring book, and a bit more info on the armies after that. Uh, General's Handbook as well. Uh, some more Aspect Warriors for Eldar and the return of Battlefleet Gothic. Nevermore says Curse City expansions, a unique Warcry warband for death and destruction. That'd be cool. And the leagues of Votan kill team. I'm really excited for AOS. It's just a bummer it got leaked. It is, but there'll be lots of exciting things for us to see, I'm sure. Uh, Dean says upgrade kits for Mark VI power armor. Uh, Dantioc, I certainly want to see the LCTB kits from this year reimagined in plastic. LCTB. I can't think immediately off the top of my head what that is. But uh, plastic kits would be cool. Um, Gabrielicious Modeling Arts just wants confirmation that the courts and militia is in heresy. Now, this is a good point because there are a lot of sub-lists that are very niche. I mean, like the Sisters of Silence, who don't, they only have of two kits now, I guess. Genetic Roll and the generic Sisters kit. I, I, I'd like to see all the existing factions still be available in the new edition of the game, even if it's you're going to get models at some point, but it might be a few years away. Uh, JP Paints says, Horus Heresy, Legion upgrade sprues, particularly for the Emperor's children, new Noise Marines and Demon Fulgrim. Jack says, concrete evidence that the Chaos Space Marine Codex isn't a fever dream. It isn't. They put a picture of the book today. It's definitely coming. More news on squats and the public flogging of whoever is leaking all this stuff. Darren Winter says, the full heresy rules reveal. I believe we will be able to play through the game on Saturday. So I think we're safe to say we're going to see that. 
uh, missing aspect warriors and the next two 30k plastic kits not yet revealed hmm. master chaplain adank says world eaters empress children and a plastic leviathan dreadnought and finally war chief baz just has one thing to say and that is kernothy so yeah there is some exciting stuff Next week on the show, we will absolutely be going through all these exciting reveals and giving you the full lowdown from the Horus Heresy Open Day as well. I'm very excited for it. I'm sure you guys are very excited for it. It is going to be a, a really cool uh, week of reveals. So next week on the show, because of all this, we want to know the top three things that were shown off at Warhammer Fest. Yes, it's a cop-out. Yes, it's the same as this week's, but there's going to be some really fun stuff for us to talk about next week. So, yeah, it's been a jam-packed show, guys. I hope you've enjoyed it. I I um, got a bad feeling that me and Andy are going to spend a lot of money on Chaos stuff this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have that feeling, but it's definitely a good one. <laughs> it is a good one. It is a good one. So, yeah, hope you've enjoyed the show. We have regular YouTube videos unboxings and battle reports and all that fun stuff. So if you don't subscribe to us on there, give us check us out on YouTube. We've got some really fun stuff. We also have loads of reviews and stuff going up on the website as well over on spruceandbrews.com. Next week, Dave will be back hosting the show and uh, I'm sure it'll be in a much more orderly manner than this week. But I hope you've enjoyed and we'll see you again next time. Bye. 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 Thank you.